Hey guys, brand new podcast, brand new podcast, brand new podcast, brand new, brand new. Oh, there we go. I should start it clean. So oh, come sexy. On, Bert. Right in my ear. Yeah, it's like I was sitting <sighs> behind you. This is why it smells like weed in here. Duh. Yeah, there's a pit. You acted like I was an idiot. It's, it's, it's full of weed. You can't smell that, baby. I totally smell it when I walk in the door. You don't smell it. Hey, there's my favorite mug. Yeah. Bert. Wait, what, what a fucking fun start Did to this Did you podcast. bring that in here? Yes. That's so, mine. No, yeah. That's my mug. No, it's our nope, mug. No, nope, no, that's my mug. It's our mug. I don't claim many things in this house. That's my coffee mug. You made coffee the other morning, and I said, honey, why don't you go back to bed? Oh, that's right. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> okay, I loaned it to you. But you should have returned it to the kitchen to be washed and reused. She's coming in hot, everybody. <laughs> if you want to hear more of these Leantics, go to wifeotp.com. That's my wife, Leanne Kreischer. I am Burt Kreischer. This is the Burt Cast. We've got a great podcast to, for you today talking about rebirth, about- uh, Rebirth? About rebirth, about divorce, about favorite beach towns, and about doing coke with John Rocker. Today's pop- I'm trying to do my Wait, NPR. With John hey, did Rocker? you guys like my read last week? Yeah, John Rocker. The baseball player? Mm-hmm. Who did coke with John Rocker? Well, I think they already know, but you don't, I guess. Tom Rhodes. Oh, did he? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, today's podcast is Tom Rhodes. It's a good one. Birdie Boy World Tour. Uh, we've added another six shows. Go to burtburtburt.com. See if if your city has not been in, put in there. Well, that was not the way I wanted to say that. Yeah. If you could not get tickets for your city originally, we have added a show. San Jose, I will see you. I cannot make it to Stockton. I had big plans for Stockton. Oh. But because of San Jose and, and Sacramento, kind of fucked it. Oh, man. Um, but yeah. Also, at BurtBurtBurt.com, we have a big sale. We do? Is on a bunch of merch. On? Still going on. 50% off a bunch of stuff. Not everything, but some things. And there's a brand new shirt. There's a new shirt that's really cool. A new machine shirt that's blue. It's really awesome. So you should check it out. Why wouldn't you tell me about that? I would have posted it on Instagram. I just told you. I know, but how long has it been on the site? A week. It's Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the store tonight at, I'm going to leave here at 9. I'm going to get there at 9.15. I'm going to go to the back bar. I'm going to have a cocktail. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a little writing, and I'm going to get on stage. I'm going to do my little brand new joke. And then I'm going to come home, and I'm going to go to sleep. Maybe I shouldn't do any drinking. Maybe I should just go to sleep and then do a hard hot spin tomorrow. That sounds good. You know what I'm going to do tonight? What are you, oh, this is, by the way. This is the life I would love to lead. Leanne really? Cre- oh, yeah. You, you don't know, know what I, I'm going to say. I, I, you, I you're going to hard pass on it. Leanne's going to uh, get the girls to bed. She's then going to put on jammers, take Incorrect. off her bra. Incorrect. She's going to sit on the couch, and she is going to go through backyard designs. Incorrect. Interior designs. No. Watching QVC with a dog on her lap, a cat <laughs> on her lap, and a dog at her feet. <laughs> that wasn't my last night, but tonight... I get to go get trained on how to sell Girl Scout cookies for the ninth year in a row. You have to go somewhere? I have to go somewhere and sit in a meeting for the ninth year in a row to learn something I've done nine years in a row. Are you serious? Yes. What time? Six o'clock. Are you fucking serious? I've told you that like 18 times a day. You don't ever listen to me. Because I think it's the pitch of your voice sounds like this. Oh, is that right? Well, maybe I'll stop listening to the pitch of your voice. Uh, it's hard to. Is it? it well, really maybe is. I'll make it hard for you not to listen to mine. How about that? 
uh, how how would that how would you do that? You have to take your top off. Oh, really? You would not listen to me. You really, even is worse. Kathy have to go with you? No, I have to go to this one by myself. What time do you get back? By six thirty. <laughs> That's not a long meeting. <laughs> oh, you made it sound like you were a Christian soldier. I am a Christian soldier. They're never fun. It's basically hearing the same exact words you heard the past nine years in a row. Every Can I run some year. jokes by you? Yeah. I think all the uh, I think all the explorers of the 1600s were just gay dudes looking for a place to fuck. Is that a joke? That was a joke. That wasn't very funny. Try another one. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't funny. I saw a homeless lady scratching off a lottery ticket the other day while I was on a jog. Yeah, and I thought that's useless. I bet she she saw me on a jog and looked at me and said, that's useless. That's funny. That's a funny joke. Yeah? Yeah, that one's funny. Okay. Um, The other one's just meathead. Keep going. I told you the joke about, uh, well, never mind. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, this is uh, with Tom Rhodes. I'm not going to keep you any longer. We have a couple mid-rolls in the middle. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Come find me on the road. My tour starts January 30th. Uh, I am at the Mohegan Sun and Pachanga Casino, the 28th and 29th, respectively. Um, and that's it. I'm, I am, I'll be at the store just about every single night. So if you're in town, you want to come to the store, uh, just check the lineup. I'm, I, it'll, it'll be up on the lineup, and I'll probably retweet it, so check my Twitter. Give me a call at 323 to, uh, I forgot the number. 208-0844. Nice, Halston. We did a great podcast with uh, Dan uh, Dan Soder today. His his HBO special comes out December 9th. That's December 7th. That's this weekend, right? So check it out on HBO. Uh, Dan Soder's new special on HBO. We got great podcasts coming up. This is the last of the Mohicans, the last of the long tail ones. The ones where my wife said, we need to be podcasting three times a day so you can get ready when you go to your special. And then... Whatever. I love you. Yeah. You know I do. I know you do. You need me more than you love me. <laughs> That's a good premise. It's accurate. It's accurate. I need you, you more need than me. I love yes, you. Yes, just accurate. It's accurate. I love oxygen. No, you need oxygen. I need oxygen. Yeah. You need me more than you love. You me. love laughing gas, but you need oxygen. <laughs> right? I love alcohol, but I need Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke right there. You got a whole new premise. You're welcome. Thank you. Give me more give me one more premise. I'll see if I can work it out real quick. I don't know. I don't know. Give me one about my daughters or my wife or my wife's a Girl Scout troop leader. Boy, the cookies are awesome on that one. Uh, uh, uh. How about that? <laughs> I'm not a joke writer. I don't know. I have no aspiration to be a stand-up comic. Ladies and gentlemen, today's BirdCast, Tom Rhodes. This is Gordon Halston? Bird right. Kreischer is everybody's friend. I'm so excited. It's, it's so funny. Who doesn't love Mr. Bird Kreischer? I knew you were going to smoke a cigar. I have. Here's what I have. I have so many fucking cigars. But more importantly, I have a sponsor. 
Who's a cigar? Oh no, really? I try this cigar so bad. Wow. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, those look nice. They're wow. Escobar, Escobar cigars. Wow. It smells good. I'm going to smoke one of those because... I'd love to try it. Should we try these? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Let's get our Pablos on. Plomo y plata. Mm -hmm. We need an ashtray. Halston, can you find an ashtray? I'll tell you what. I would love, as a sponsor of the podcast... I would love my own, like, roll, my own type of cigar. If they were like, let's build a cigar for you of what you like. Oh, there's a fucking joint in here. Jesus. Hey. What the fuck have I been doing? That's the Escobar cigar people throwing a joint every um, 10 boxes. Oh, I'm, oh, I like the taste already. So they sponsor you and you haven't even tried it. Yet. I haven't tried them. I've been waiting to have one on the podcast. Um but and I've been cutting back on cigars a tad bit because I feel like I've been trying to like curb my lifestyle a tad bit. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, you got I mean you got kids, you Yeah. I've always thought you were a pretty balls out father. I was it I was a hot spin. Oh that, that we'll just burn that. We'll just use that little one. Um I was thanks, Holston, guy who's never smoked like, a cigar in his life. Do you a, want these potting plants? <laughs> as your daughters get older, it's kind of hard to talk to them in high school about not going nuts when uh, when you yeah when you go nuts all the time, <laughs> when or when or when people go, your dad's like the party animal, you know that right? Right. And they're like, and they're like, well, is this my dad? And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I've seen videos. Yeah, have you seen your dad? You know, your dad's like a fucking lunatic. And then they have to they ask you quite. I remember the first time that came and bit me in the ass. The girls were like. Did you rob a train in Russia? And I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't know you guys would hear about that. I don't mind this cigar at all. Mm, wow, and nice. I'm a little bit of a cigar whore. I would love, wouldn't it be cool if a cigar company was like, let's find your blend of like what you like. It's nice. Are you, have you, when, did you start, did we, you, you start smoking cigars when I, we started? I'd say, yeah, in the last, you know, you gave me, you had a big sample bag full of cigars. And I think that might have been what really set off my guitar uh, cigar craze. <clears throat> and then hanging out with Bill Burr and Mark Marin, both of those guys, Puff Stogies. Burr and I started a podcast, um, and it, it stopped because Burr booked a movie, and his, we're both way too busy to do it. Our schedules just don't work like that. But Burr and I started a podcast where we were going to smoke a cigar and sit and talk, have a cigar and talk. That's we did what one, you and I do whenever I'm it was Yeah, we did one episode, and it was so fucking good both of us got done just smiling ear to ear we smoked a big fucking long cigar and uh and i ended up drinking some tito's i think burr had a glass of whiskey these are nice i feel like a south american landowner dude i love cigars i love cigars and i and i i'm very punitive with myself where i don't i've said this a bunch lately but i don't allow myself the things i want immediately like if i if i could live a lot if i if they said, hey, man, whatever you want to do, it's Doc Holiday years, right? Like where like there's no there's no doctors. There's just you live until you get shot every morning, cup of coffee and a cigar every fucking morning. One of my favorite feelings is a cup of coffee and cigar, like especially like Cafe Con Leche with a little sweetness like that, that condensed milk, the Cuban coffee, ca like a espresso and some condensed milk and a cigar. And then really slow roll your coffee so that it's little sips. There's no better feeling in my in my in my opinion. 
I like it. My father used to smoke cigars. For real? And I used to hate it. Hated the smell. Hate, thought it was like an old guy thing. And then um, in the last year, I've really gotten into cigars. I grew a beard and I started wearing cardigans. And you I did thought, wear, grow a beard. I thought, uh, I'm going to embrace my old age. And I thought, uh, it's interesting. The same year I decided. You're decide, not old, the, though. The same year I decided to embrace my old age was the same year my wife decided to stop embracing me. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going? How's the. It's good. I'm divorced now. The divorce was final like uh, two weeks ago. Really? How are you doing? I'm great, man. Yeah. yeah. I heard. I listened to the podcast. Oh, you did good. Yeah. Segura called me. He was like, he's like, because both of us love you. Yeah. He's like, you got to listen to Tom's podcast with his ex. He's yeah, like, it's, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty. He goes, it's pretty heavy, man. But it's, it's the reason you we got into podcasts was like that kind of real shit. Yeah. It was fucking intense. A friend of mine back in Florida thought uh, it was a little Hollywood for us to do that mm -mm. to talk about our breakup on the thing, but you know. Uh, why not? And let everybody, you know, uh, all the cards are on the table. It was her idea. I didn't want to get divorced. I loved being married. Yeah. And um, there was no infidelity. There was no major crisis. And we just evenly divided the money. And we're still really good friends. And uh, now I, I, I met a, a wonderful young lady a few months ago, and I, I, I couldn't be happier. Did you feel, when you got divorced, did you feel... What, like, I talked to a um, a buddy of mine, Todd Garner, is a movie producer, and I said, like, there's things I I don't ever fantasize about getting divorced. I'm, no, I don't want to ever be divorced ever. I want to. Yeah, marry, so I, I, I never wanted to get married because I never wanted to get divorced. Yeah, I don't. I love my wife, and I want to be with her for the rest of my life. I, I'm being serious when I say that. But there's parts of divorce that I hear guys talk about that sound romantic, of like starting new, getting a new apartment, uh, getting into like workout classes or. Or like it's almost like the the garden days, the the salad days of your life, where where this guy Todd was like, oh yeah, I went out, I got a place in Malibu. I was like, fuck it, I'm moving to the beach. I'm gonna move to the beach. I'm gonna live that life. I'm gonna buy a boat. I'm gonna and like talk about it. Well, the best thing is not having to ask permission to do anything or to run anything by anybody. You know, just being it, just being you by yourself. Yeah, like I was booked to do this comedy festival in Dublin, Ireland, <clears throat> two weeks ago, and. Um, I went to Paris for a week before just because I love Paris and I See, wanted there's... I wanted to eat nice things and I wanted to shop and uh, and it turned out I was there for the hottest day on record. It was 109 degrees and um, I stay in this friend's apartment right next to Saint Sulpice Cathedral and my whole life I've had this fantasy of whenever you're in a city on like a really blistering hot day to like jump into a fountain. Yeah. And there's this beautiful fountain at St. Sulpice. And uh, I not only jumped in it, I climbed up to the on the top level. And it was fucking awesome. It was 109 degrees. And <clears throat> and I was in there for like 30 minutes splashing around until the cops came and, and kicked me out. Really? It was awesome. You know, I didn't have to ask anybody's permission to do shit. See, you're, you're, when, I, when I hear of you going to Paris or you going to Singapore or you going to Southeast Asia... It's so much more romantic than when I think of myself going. Because you go and you actually sit in a park and read a book. And, and then, <laughs> well, I usually I read the books before I go. Really? And learn things, you know? And then go and explore the culture? Well, yeah. and then But there's I always try and learn something before I go. Like, I, I just did this two-month tour of, of England. Uh, there's See, a, that's the way you do England. I want to do my next tour in England. I want to take my time with it and really... 
make my way from each city. You know, like you rush it. Like well, I, I hope this trip. This, make sure to pull. I hope this yeah. this recent trip you did to Australia, you got to spend a little more time. I did. The I got, last time you were like you were a day and a half in Sydney. Yeah, something like that. I was. I, was, I literally was spent less than twenty four hours in most cities. I was just fly in, do the show, fly out the next morning. Fly in, do the show, yeah. fly out the next morning. I spent ma the majority of my time on planes. This trip I had like four days in Sydney, four days in <clears> Melbourne, <throat> like three days in Perth. Three, like it was really fucking awesome. You I love what? Australia. I, I really love I think Australia. Perth is amazing. People in Perth um, talk, they like, they don't think it's that great. I had a taxi driver in Perth. When I said, what should I see in Perth? He said, uh, the airport, go to Sydney. You Can know. I tell you where I want to go next time in Australia? I think it's called Exmouth. What's that? It's up in the north. There's this guy, Bodie Moses, I think is, or Bodie Moss is, I think his name. He's on Instagram, but he's like, it. the beach, the water looks like nothing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's just, he all he does is spearfish, <clears throat> ride around on his boat with his buddies and his hot chicks. It's got to be Queensland. Queensland is like the Florida of of uh, Queensland. Terrifying though, right? Well, there's a lot of shit that'll kill you. Yeah, that's it's some not like, Queensland. It's I think it's called Exmouth. I've talked about okay. it a couple times. Let me see. X. Where have you traveled in Australia? Uh, Brisbane, Gold Coast, uh, Byron Bay, Sydney, like eight or ten. Byron times. Bay is like Byron Bay is beautiful. Is is uh, that is where all the greatest surfers in the world have come out of? Correct. And that's on the Gold Coast. It's cl it's close to Gold Coast. It's not for like an hour. It's been a while since I drove. Uh, and then I've been, <clears throat> I've been to Melbourne and Perth <clears throat> and Canberra. Oh, I w I'd like to go there. Exmouth, Australia. Let's see what I got. Yeah, dude, look at this. Exmouth, Australia. Wow, that's where I want to go. Exmouth, Australia. And I want. I would love to hook up with this guy Brody. He looks like he's just. He really is like. The kind of guy I, I wish I had a little bit more of that. Like he's a guy that has a beer, it looks like, and then he's like, "Ah, I have a cold beer. All right, I'm done. Okay, I want to go spear fishing. <laughs> I would love to be that guy. I would love to be the guy that could do." You got to see this movie I saw recently called Wake and Fright. What's that? It's about it's an Australian movie from the '70s, uh, and everybody's drinking and uh, they're out of their minds. It's a really I, see, disturbing film. I just recently got to a place where I was like, I wish I could just do. I wish I could be the guy I was in high school where I'd have a couple beers and be good. I'm like, hey, I'm good. I want to get a good night's sleep. And then I, I turned into this guy that was like, it's not over until I say it's over. We're staying out all fucking night. Who's got weed? And it's like, it's like just, I'm going to go home and smoke a cigar and sit in my pool. About, I got to this place where I wanted to really, I wanted everything to be the best day it could. It could be everything to be the heightened thing. It's kind of fucked up my parenting a little bit in that I want everything to be better than you could imagine it to be. So birthday parties just escalated to a place where it's like a exotic pet show with a fucking owl in the man cave and a big water slide up front. And my daughters are like, fucking slow it down, dad. I'm getting a headache. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So a bouncy castle is not enough. Dude, bouncy house is like fucking <laughs> first year. I mean, we did bouncy houses when they couldn't even use bouncy houses. My daughter broke her wrist in a bouncy house. And I was like, you just don't go hard in the fucking paint. <laughs> what were your birthdays like growing up? uh minimal um you know roller skating rink okay pizza parties mellow you know um in orlando yeah Oviedo, right uh it's east of orlando what was it like growing up in orlando in the 80s <clears throat> you grew up in the 80s primarily yeah yeah i mean i graduated high school in 85 so it was pretty magical 
because Oviedo was a small citrus farming village when I grew up there. There was orange groves everywhere. We had one stoplight and a tractor crossing. And um, you could play baseball all year round. The, the, yeah. the, the Little League complex was like the center of the city. Every year they would have the Little League parade. All these redneck coaches drove pickup trucks and the there'd be like a you know poster board on the side of the on the door that said like Astros or athletics and then like all the little kids in their uniforms sitting in the back and it was it was pretty awesome were your parents transplants or they grew up yeah my family is originally from washington dc and we moved to oviedo when i was 12 you were 12 and that when you were 12 that's 1979 yeah and that's the that's not the that you don't remember the bicentennial do you i do yeah for real a big time because um again little league where you could sell candy and I sold the most candy on our team and I got a gift certificate to uh, an, a sporting goods store for like $50. And in 1976, everything was red, white, and blue. And with my gift certificate, I got a red, white, and blue baseball glove. And it's one of my favorite pictures of me as a little kid, uh, but I'm, I'm nine and I'm in my dirty little league uniform and I've got a red, white, and blue glove. Like, you know, Mr. America. You see, I, you strike me, I, I not strike me, but as as long as I've known you, you are a very romantic person. Like the things, the things you draw out of life are, they're the things people read about in books and wish they could do more of, and but you actually just do them. And I had an I, English comedian, <clears throat> English comedian friend of mine told me a couple months ago, "You're the guy who did everything he said he was going to do." That is a perfect. I, I thought, wow, that's the nicest thing anybody ever said. To and me. you never looked. I never, I never saw you plotting a career. Like you just kind of okay, like you weren't the guy that's like, let me see if I can craft an a, a half hour so I can get a sitcom. Let me see if I can get in at Comedy Central. You were like, yeah, I'll go to Comedy Central if I can do a movie about taking my bad dad back to Vietnam. Like that was the way I looked at your career. So I always wonder because I'm very, I, I have a very soft place in my heart for Florida because it gets shit yeah, me on too. so much. I I love Florida. What was what what what, what I would I would love to hear your romantic recollections of florida at that age oh and another thing <clears throat> so oviedo is like 32 miles from cape canaveral we could see the space shuttle go up you were 32 miles from the yeah. first space so shuttle when launch. the space shuttles when i was in uh middle school at jackson heights uh middle school uh and when i went to oviedo high school they would let our school everyone got to go outside and sit on the lawn or the football field and watch the shuttle go up in the distance so it was like a really cool thing knowing that like only, you know, a few miles down the road, men were being shot into outer space. Yeah. I, so we saw that from Tampa. I was obsessed with this space program when I was a kid. I read everything about it. And um, I remember the first black astronaut, the first woman, the first Dutchman in space. Do you remember, do you remember the, the Challenger? Yeah, of course. I was, I, was, um, I was in New York City when that happened. Oh, you were already in New York City? Yeah. I... Um, I what year was that? Eighty six. It's kind of yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So I had gotten out of high school in eighty five, and I was up there trying to. I wanted to move there, so I was testing out the waters, and I was staying on a friend of mine's couch in Queens, and I remember watching it on television live, and I was a I was upset, and then I remember getting on the subway to go into the city, and no one seemed to be bothered. Everybody seemed to be having a regular day. I was like, don't they realize that people just died? We had such a, a a real connection with the space program 
because they would send us out. We'd go outside to watch it because you could see the <clears throat> yeah the trail trail in Tampa. You could see it from Tampa. I remember I was <clears throat> eating nachos when I heard about the Challenger explosion. I was eating nachos out of my outside my Latin teacher's class, Miss Bono. I must have been in seventh grade, and uh, and I remember it was like, I mean, it was it was our nine eleven in Florida. I don't know if it was like that around the world. Yeah, I remember uh, the 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 comedy club owners in Florida said, if anybody does a joke about uh, the space shuttle blowing up, you'll never work here again. It was like a really they didn't want any bullshit. Yeah, you know, any edgy comedian. You know, they didn't want anybody going near. That's how s sacred it was in Florida. Did you lose your virginity in Florida? I did. What was that like? Uh, well, all the first girls, I'm sure you had the same experience. All the first girls that I ever fooled around with was after swimming in pools in Florida. <laughs> so to this day, the smell of chlorine on a woman drives me crazy. Because like all the, every you know, you're, you're a teenager and you're, you're, already, you're already half naked Half the this, battle's over. The smell of Hawaiian Tropic oh gets my, my dick hard. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. There's, there's, there, I remember. Mm, if I ever come out with my own fragrance, it's going to smell something like Hawaiian Tropic and chlorine mixed together. With a little bit of Milwaukee's best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. Wait, how old were you when you lost your virginity? Uh, 14, 15. Wow, that's young. Yeah. But I guess it was, I guess, do you think times have changed in that? I lost it at 17. Do you think that you didn't, you lost your virginity before AIDS was around, right? Yeah. And so do you think the AIDS started coming like a few years later? Yeah. You had no even, I mean, the only fear was getting someone pregnant. Yeah. Did you wear protection? No. Really? Yeah. Wait, set the scene. Tell me the story. Well, uh, <clears throat> um, I, and it wasn't a cheap story. I dated this girl. She was a year older than me in my school, and I was completely head over heels in love with her. What was the first thing you fell in love with about her? And I'll, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> she was from Austin, Texas, and she had the most syrupy Southern accent. Oh. Tom, are you so funny? Oh, Tom, are you just so funny? I, that Southern accent um, still makes my dick. What right. color hair? She was blonde, actually. <clears throat> and I've always, my whole life, I've liked um, brunette women. So I was, I was into blondes my whole life until I met my wife. My wife has none of the features or characteristics out of any of my past girlfriends at all to the point where I was like, this isn't going to last. I'm going to, I'm going to land a blonde. That was where I'll end up. Well, I used to do, I used to do a joke about the, the woman. Cause she, um, the woman I lost my virginity with, because, uh, it was over with her when she went to the 38 special concert with this guy, um, who was like a muscle football dude. He wasn't cool and artsy like me. And everyone in the school knew before I did. And I had to walk the halls in shame and people, everyone knew. And uh, for years, I couldn't hear a 38 special song without feeling that 16 year old heartbreak pain in my chest. Thank God they only had two hits. Wait, uh, one of them was, uh, one of them was- Hold on, on loosely and don't let go. If you cling to kite girl, you're gonna you're gonna lose control. I worked with a guy in Atlanta. He's his father is the lead singer. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, Jason, um, his father was the lead singer of Thirty Eight Special. So I told him that story. Who? Um, I forget his guy. I can't. Remember. A comic? He was a comic. He's. I think he still does it locally in Atlanta. 
but he was the he was the son of the lead singer. I, and I told him that story, and um, he said that on that on that that song, "Hold On Loosely But Don't Let Go," that his father actually got that he was watching the Dinosaur daytime show. It was Donnie Van Zant? Wait, is that any close to any? No, no that's I think Skinner was. I think the you're Van thinking Zant. of Ronnie Van Zant. Thirty eight special. Was thirty eight special related to Leonard Skinner? I don't know. Where are they from? <clears throat> Anyhow, <laughs> Don Barnes. That's it. <clears throat> uh, so he said that his dad got the idea for that song. He was watching the Dinah Shore daytime show, and there was some guest on, and she was asking him about like, how did you keep your marriage together? And they said, well, the the, the trick to being in a relationship is to hold on loosely, but don't let go. And he got it out of a, a, a talk show host's guest's mouth. I wish I could take all the bad <laughs> analogies I used in television when I worked at Travel Channel and have a clip of them. Because I would say stuff to kids. So this ride's kind of like a 38 special. They had no idea what 38 special right. was. You got to hold on loosely, you know? But don't you, let go. Yeah, and don't let go. And they'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I remember being, I remember trying to analogize that to a kid. It's like a snake. You got to hold on loosely. And my cameraman, Scott, goes, you actually hold a snake pretty tight. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking but about. But th think how much more painful my life would have been had she gone to like a Rolling Stones concert, you know? Thank God. So thank God it was 38 special. Did you, wait, did you cry? I did, yeah. I was really upset. Well, my mother and I, <clears throat> there's a, in Oviedo, there's a, there's a lake called Lake Charm. And it's in the neighborhood where I grew up. And uh, I always said you, there wasn't a problem in the world that couldn't be solved without walking around Lake Charm uh, with my mom. And when this girl dumped me, um, I had to walk around that lake with my mom like hundreds of times. <laughs> I was really upset. Really? I'm not cute anymore. I'll never be loved again. Long hair at the time? No, I played baseball. You I didn't have high hair. school. I didn't have long hair until you know, early 20s. Really? What position did he play in baseball? Center field, baby. Had yeah. great legs. <laughs> cover the distance. Still got them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and another great thing about growing up in, in, in Florida was we had spring training. And my Hell father yeah. my father would take me out of school. It was a really cool thing my dad did. Your dad was military, I, right? Yeah, he was in, he, f he flew helicopters in Vietnam. Um, I'd get a note in class saying I had a dentist appointment or a doctor's appointment. And I'm thinking, I don't have a dentist appointment. And I'd get to the office, and my dad's there with a shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> and a Philly hat. <clears throat> and my dad, <laughs> my dad would take me out of school and take me to games. And there was one time, I remember the Astros played in Daytona Beach, and the Yamamore Giants, the Tokyo Giants, were, were playing the Astros. My dad took me over there because Sadahara O oh was the manager of the Giants, and he was the Babe Ruth of the Japanese League. Really? And my dad thought it was important that we go look at this great man. Really? Yeah. So who? which of your two parents are you most like, do you think? Uh, it's a combination of the two. My mom is really sweet and thoughtful. She does a lot for people. So I get that from her. And then my dad was just really funny. And my dad was a wild man, too. Was he? Yeah. Uh, big partier. And, uh, do you think it was PTSD? Nah. Really? Nah. My dad was a badass, you know. Um no, he wasn't. No, he 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 wasn't like traumatized. He came know? back from the war and was like, "Time." Was he one of those guys that could just sh shut it off and be like, 
time to live my life. I got, I'm done with that portion of it. Yeah, I mean, and he was, you know, my dad survived. Uh, my dad's buried in Arlington National Cemetery. Really? <clears throat> um, and you got to be a hero to get in there now. It's full. Um, so my, my dad flew helicopters. And after my, uh, my dad was killed by a drunk driver in 2009. And I knew the story, but I found the letters from the army saying what happened. There were all these guys stuck on the ground getting surrounded by, um, you know, North v the Viet Cong getting slaughtered. And his helicopter made three attempts to get in and land to, to, to get them. But it was take, took so much heavy fire, he had to pull up and circle around. And on the fourth attempt, he gets down and it's like 20 guys and it's life or death. And they all jump on the helicopter and he's lifting up and the helicopter took so much heavy fire, it nosedived straight down into the ground. And everyone on the helicopter died except for him and his co-pilot, who was knocked unconscious. And my dad had to unhook his safety harness and dragged him across a field under heavy fire. And then they had to wait there for like an hour or two until a helicopter could come and get them out. So my dad got like five medals for this one incident. And, um, you know, he's a he was a decorated war hero. Wow. So, I mean, he, you know, his feelings were like, the, you know, the, the, those Vietnam veterans weren't welcomed back home. So whenever he would meet another veteran, he would always say, welcome home, brother. Stuff like that. And my dad, every year he was in the Vietnam Veterans Helicopter Pilots Association that had a meeting every 4th of July week somewhere really? around the country. So his he was really involved in the veterans affairs. Where did your dad grow up? D.C., Washington, D.C. You grew D. up in D.C.? Yeah. I was born in D.C. All my siblings were born in D.C. Drafted so, or joined? My father joined. Yeah, they called him Methuselah. He was 29 when he joined. So he was like the oldest dude there. Did he know how to fly helicopters before? Did he no, learn there? They, they, were, they just needed lots of pilots. And he said it, it, flight training, flight school, he said, was the most difficult thing he did in his life because it, mm -hmm. was, it was so hard. Because you work, you're working with your two feet and your two hands. So you're doing like four things at once. Uh, he said, so it was really difficult. You got to get Burr to take you up in a helicopter. Uh, yeah, I'd love it. Because Burr's obsessed with flying helicopters. That's really interesting. You know, you could do a whole podcast on comedians talking about their fathers. Because it's so much <laughs> of our relationships with our fathers define us as entertainers, I believe. Yeah. You ever, you ever have jokes about your dad in your act? Always, yeah. Tons. Like what? Like give me like a, like because I didn't, I didn't start writing about my dad until this last special because i was uh, i was very uncomfortable with our relationship my dad loves me but he's my dad loves me but he's <clears throat> always been a, a tad bit tougher on me than anyone else because i think he just thought that's how you raise a man which is i mean like i, I yeah i cursed at my daughter the other day because she got on a fucking city bus in pasadena lost her phone just got on a city bus figured that's how i'll get home and i was like no that's not you can call me i'll <clears throat> fucking come get you and kind of fucking cursed at her. My dad's like, wait, your kid can't take cursing? And I was like, no, well, Leanne got upset because I cursed. And he was like, I, that's how I fucking raised you. I mean, it's, and it's just definitely like how you raise a man was <clears throat> like, how did, how did your dad raise a man? Do you remember parenting? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot to go into, but um, I had two older brothers and my father raised them differently. He was really tough on them and uh, he was physical with them. And then... Me and my little sister were really close. And my dad would always tell us that by the time you guys rolled around, I had parenting figured out. So my father was very tough on them. 
and um, and they're both assholes. <laughs> and uh, me and my sister, you know, never had any doubt that our father loved us. And so you don't spend much time with your brothers. Uh, they've, uh, my, I mean, my, um, they've, I've, they've both cheated me out of money and one of them has physically attacked me several times, Jesus. um, in recent years. So, um, I'm not close with them. No, that's interesting. Your mom's still alive. And it's funny. They're both, <clears throat> um, staunch Republicans and they're really anti-socialism, which I think is hilarious because anytime I ever had any money in my career, they insisted on having some of it. <laughs> They still in Florida? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) I can imagine, I can imagine a distance. Like I have a distance with even some of my friends that are still in Florida. When I come home, there's certain things that they say where I go, and by the way, you know me, I am not a fucking, the PC police. There's certain things I say where I'm like, hey guys, things have grown a little bit. Like we can all just develop a tad bit. Like, and you can just see them like, oh, you fucking changed. I remember, I remember, when I first got into comedy, I remember when I first got to comedy, I ran into a, a good friend from Florida and he's like, she's telling the uh, N-word jokes, but he said it like, you know, the way you, you'd say it from Florida. For if you, By the way, I grew up, I can say whatever the fuck <clears> I'm from Florida. And he said, you said, and I was like, I no, no, I, I definitely d- don't do that. And he was like, oh, you should though. Cause I mean, I think that's what this world needs. I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, yeah. I don't think an old stereotype, like I'll do racial humor, of course, but it's not like, aimed it to hurt somebody and like isolate the crowd hey white people you like this they're they're sitting over like but there's you know florida's an interesting fucking place how did what do you think yeah it's an interesting place i mean you know like my um brothers have both borrowed large sums of money they never paid back and i've done things for them my whole life and um i finally figured out after being violently attacked um, when my brother was punching me in the chest, yelling, you voted for Obama, Obama's ruining this country, that they don't see me as their brother. They see me as some political ideology, which I'm not, I don't belong to any party. And I, you know, I, it's, it's very strange. Well, you're one of the, you weren't probably one of the most heartfelt guys I know. Like just, you know, it, it sounds silly, but like, you remind me of a cage fighter. Cage fighters are very heartfelt guys. They don't say what they don't mean. They say what they mean. And if and it, even if it's their cage fighters are very comfortable telling you that you hurt their feelings. And I'm not that way. Like I'm definitely if you hurt my feelings, you'll never know about it until you find out I talked behind your back. Like I fucking <laughs> I, like you'll be like, wait, did, I heard you don't like me. I was like, oh, that wasn't meant for you. I've had the exact opposite experience with you. Like the first time we met in Amsterdam, you were just like, Jesus Christ, Tom Rhodes, you're from Florida. If I, Dude, do if you I remember like, when we met? If I, I like someone. I love that about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain things I, I... I would hate to be on the other side of it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, dude, it's super simple. If you raise your voice at me and treat me... I, I talked to Rogan about this. I think I'm the same way. If you have my loyalty, it's uh, you've got my loyalty. A hundred fucking percent. Fu- I think I'm a great ally to have. I'm an awesome fucking ally. There is a thing that clicks in my head. It just happened the other day. I wish I. Hopefully, I'm not getting too close to the flame where I can talk about it. I'm. I don't, I'm no one respects the flame like the fool who is badly burned. I've been burned a lot. It's uh, Pete Townsend. Pete Towns. Ah, I was, gonna, I was hoping for Tolstoy. Was that slit skirts? Um, if, if you raise your voice at me, I, I talked to Rogan about this. 
because I, I was having an issue with it, and I and Joe was like, "What? Well, like, what does it get? It get to the base of it." And it, and Mark Norman said it to me. If I feel like someone thinks I'm weak, if they feel like they've sized me up inaccurately, and they can take certain liberties with me, like raise their voice at me, or threaten me, or get in my face, I will never. I don't like confrontation, so I will avoid that. But I will then write you off forever in my head. Like if you steal a joke from me. Steal a joke from me, I, I I silently write you off in my head forever. And then I just go, probably not going to bring it up to you. You probably won't hear it from me. You'll just think for the rest of your life, you'll think Bird is weak. We won't, what you won't know is I'll be defaming your character behind your back to all the important people that, that you would want to like you. They'll know another side of you. The side you showed me, I'll make sure everyone gets to see. That's a really accurate statement of how I fucking deal with conflict. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking unhealthy by the way yeah. like you i remember one time i said something on a podcast about you you called me not angry you called me very compassionate you said hey man you said something on a podcast and it kind of hurt my feelings i just want you to know that and i was like okay i don't i won't bring it up i'm not gonna bring it up i'll tell you off air but okay. like and i was like i'm sorry man i really didn't mean that and you're like I, I know you didn't mean it i just want you to know that i heard it and i just felt like it just it just hurt my feelings. And I was like, I, I'm really sorry, man. I didn't mean it like that. And you're like, no, I understand that. I just want you to know that that's how I felt. And I was like, God, I wish I had more of that. Like cage fighters will tell you. Cage fighters are the fucking best at it. They'll be like, hey, man, I heard you say something about me and it kind of bothered me. I just want you to know that. And you'll be like, okay. I think they deal with such actual conflict in real life yeah. that something like that for them is not noticed. They don't even know they're doing it. Um, uh, Ari's like that. Like if you... Say something that hurts Ari's feelings, he'll approach you and go, hey, I just want you to know that that bothered me, just so you know. Like I, like he told me, I told, I've talked about this on the last podcast a little bit. He told me a secret one time. <laughs> I know, I, it's the way I don't, I don't think about life. I, I don't think about things ever. I just, I'm, I'm going so fast forward, I think, sometimes. I don't think about other people or how things I say affect them. I don't mean it bad, and I think people can tell that. He told me a secret. Within 15 minutes, I told two people. And by the way, I told them in front of him. In front of him, I just, I wasn't thinking. I was like, oh my God, guess what? And Ari was like, that was a secret. And I go, yeah, but I figured if you told me, you were going to tell them. And he was like, no, that's why I said to you, it's a secret. We don't tell anyone. I wasn't going to tell anyone that. And I went, oh, but I figured they'd know. And he was like, no, that's why I prefaced with don't tell anyone. And I was like, oh, I didn't understand that. And he was like, how do you not understand how what a secret means? And I was like, I guess you needed to be more clear. But like, so I, I, it's the one thing I, I, I think about you. So when you, it's like, when a lot of people go like, people say like, oh, anyone that does Burt wrong must be a bad person. I say the same thing about you. Anyone who does you wrong must not be a good person. I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I you know, I know it's the mutual admiration society, but I, I think you're a really quality human being. And if somebody crosses you, they got to be a turd. It's, you know, and I think I think it's it's really difficult to get on my bad side. It's 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 not. I think you really need to make an effort. You know, I think you I think you have to be a broken person to get on my bad side, like a legit. And I think I, by the way, I think that side of you will show up to everyone at some point, and like, and that's why part of me goes, I protect my friends. I'll tell my friends who the fuck this person is in real life. But yeah, I don't know. My dad didn't like conflict. My dad was my was, dad liked conflict. <laughs> yeah. No, my dad was a fighter and like very often in public he would get in people's faces and For real? Yeah, and then he wasn't afraid to throw down. You know? But he was a fucking war hero. I mean, as I imagine 
when you've seen that kind of con- once again i think it goes with you when you've seen conflict like that where people are shooting at you someone's saying something and raising your voice you, you go yeah i have lines and that's well on my side of what i excited i find it acceptable to now smack you in the face correct i mean it's gotta be uh, yeah oh yeah more or less more or less yeah when um when you left when you left florida and moved to new york <clears throat> what was that culture shock, shock like for you well i wasn't ready i moved to new york when i was 20 and I couldn't get on at the good clubs. And uh, you started doing stand up in, in Orlando. I started at 17 in Orlando. What was the club there? I, what is now Bonkers originally was called the Funny Farm when I started there. And then about six months after I started, they changed the name to the Copa Banana. Still to this day, one of the worst names for a comedy club ever. Were you touring at 17 in Florida? Throughout no, Florida? no. Well, it, it, um, my senior year, I started doing one nighters around Florida. So I do Tampa. Remember, there was a gig I did once in Miami, <clears throat> and I drove back all. And it was my mom's car. I drove down there in, and she was waiting in the driveway when I pulled up in the morning. She had to go to work, and I just got back in time, you know. Um, <clears throat> but um, so I, I started doing the road when I was eighteen. When I got out of high school, um, I would drive anywhere for one hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, what was the place? Oklahoma up? City was one of the first places I ever was booked and i drove halfway across the united states to mc for 150 bucks and i'll never forget driving into oklahoma city thinking to myself i'm in show business you could have thought i was doing the tonight show or snl yeah that's how i felt so when i moved to new york when i was 20 uh 1987 i could only afford to live in washington heights uh as crack came to the neighborhood so uh, where I lived there, perfectly be, timed. There'd Tom. be gunshots. Perfectly at, yeah, timed. Yeah, totally. There was gunshots in the neighborhood at night, and on um, Cabrini Boulevard, there'd be burning, smoldering cars. Uh, in the morning, people would steal cars in Lower Manhattan and drive them up there and just set them on fire. <clears throat> and um, I was terrified, and I was broke, and it was the probably one of the worst years of my life. And I always swore if I ever had any money, I'd live in New York City with style. So when my sitcom ended, I had a truckload of money and I moved back to New York and I got a rock star apartment in the Wall Street area. How fucking, so then, wait, how old were you when you moved back out of Florida, out of Miami or out of, out of New York? Uh, I was there for a year. So I moved back to Florida at 21 and licked my wounds for a year. But came back a little bit stronger. A little stronger, a, yeah. yeah. And, and that was a pretty great year because I lived with some friends <clears throat> who um, there was a couple of band members in a house on Little Lake Fairview in Winter, Winter Park. And uh, we what, just smoked what the pot. Band? What was the band? Uh, it was called The Fifth Column. They went through a couple of different names. Um, we would water ski every day on this lake. And then I liked the way the band marketed themselves. Uh, bands did it. So... I made a stencil out of my, 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 uh, I, then I started, I started growing my hair when I moved back from New York. Yeah. Uh, I made a stencil of my face with an exacto blade. And, uh, I walked around Winter Park, Florida, and I spray painted it on, um, electrical boxes and government concrete. No personal property. Yeah. People thought it was a tribute to Randy Rhodes, but because <laughs> it said Rhodes on it. Oh, know. that would make sense. Didn't yeah. he die in Florida? Yeah, in, or- in Kissimmee. Yeah, <clears throat> F- uh, ride flying planes. Yeah, they were buzzing the tour bus. They were on the. They were trying to scare the guys on the tour bus. So they were 
swoop down and the plane would smack the roof of the bus. People ask God for serenity. I ask God for insight in those moments not to get excited and want to do that because <laughs> that is my personality to a fucking T. It's like terrified of flying, but some guy, I almost got in a plane with some guy in Albany, New York one time. He was like, but it's the it's the moment. It's the moment of, of carpe diem. Snowstorm's coming in. Daughter's birthday's party is in um is in uh LA. It's can't be accurate. George's birthday is in June. Snowstorm's coming in. Must be Christmas. Must be around Christmas time. Snowstorm's coming in, and I have a hard end to LA. I gotta be back for something. And I get a call at the Albany Funny Albany Funny Bone, uh, the bar. And all my all flights are canceled out of Albany to get to New York. And I had to fly to New York to fly to LA. And uh, snowstorm's coming in. Can't drive to New York too far. And a guy at the bar is like, I can, I got, I got my private jet for my private license. I can fly planes. I was like, what? And he goes, meet me at, meet me. How many bags do you have? I go, I got, I got two bags. My merch bag's empty. He goes, okay. All right, I can fit one more person. And I look at my feature act. I'm like, you want to catch a flight to New York? And I remember whoever I was with was like, I think that's a really bad idea. And he's like, you just met this guy in the bar and you're going to get in a plane with him at six in the morning. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but I got to catch that flight. And they're like, I would really think this through. And yeah. I <clears throat> said to the guy, I'm in. I'm in 100%. Went home, kept, I was like, I'm going to drink all the way through the flight, pack my bags. <clears throat> and he called at four in the morning or five in the morning and said, hey, I think it's a bad idea for us to fly. So I've reached out to a friend who works at the airport and they can get you on a JetBlue flight into LaGuardia and you can take a, a bus to, to JFK and catch your flight. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all set up. Just you're taking care of it. This is at the airport. And so I went, the guy got me on a fucking jail. And I was like, thank that guy saved my life. Probably I would have definitely gotten in a fight with that guy. Gotten on, into a flight with that guy <clears> and fucking probably been drinking and been like, you're going to have a little sip. I just yeah. need the fucking <laughs> insight to not do that shit. How many times do you think you've almost died? A lot. <laughs> a lot. <clears throat> almost drowned in Thailand. Um, yeah, I've been in some pretty sticky situations. Um, yeah, and the almost drowning in Thailand story is on my new album. Oh, wait. So, so <laughs> oh, good plug. Good plug. <laughs> it is. It's an epic story. So t is that the one? Is that are we talking about scuba diving? Yeah, you told me that story on the podcast. Last yeah, I told time. you. Yeah, it's one of the best podcast, one of the best stories I've ever heard. That's on the new album. That's on the new album. New album is called Around the World. Tom Rhodes Around the World. It's at tomrhodes.net. R H O D E S. Yeah, net. and it's um, it's on iTunes. It's on Amazon. Um, when I did Ari Shafir's podcast in April, I sold so many copies on iTunes, it made it on the Billboard Top Ten Comedy Album Charts. So uh, let's rally Burt Kreischer fans. Uh, the album is three hours long. It's 40 tracks. And I recorded it in 24 cities around the world. What's it starts in Paris and it ends in Jerusalem. And it's all mostly jokes and stories about each place. So this album is the product of me doing the international circuits for 20 years. And uh, the, it took me, I had this idea two years ago. And so, I mean, it kind of cost me my marriage to be away from home this often. Do you think this is in part the special? Partly because I was gone so much. Yeah. But um, so funny. Every time I thought she was just traveling with you. She a year ago, she decided she didn't want to travel anymore. 
Really? So that we just kind of grew apart. But I think it's the best thing I've ever done. And that story is one of the best stories I've ever heard. Anyone yeah. who heard it last time, it's a great fucking you have a great ability to tell a story because you tell it almost like almost like a like a like a like a, a southern rocker. Like a like it's got like a, a fucking there's you know, it's like one of the things is lost in storytelling, I think, because storytelling was such a, a difficult art form is the real sing songiness that like say like uh uh andy andy griffith had andy griffith was a storyteller but he was a southern storyteller and you could hear it it was the kind of story you'd hear on a fucking in a rocking chair on a bench now i don't know nothing about that football yeah. but you have a, a real great way to tell a story almost like poetic in prose if that makes sense Thank you. Yeah, and then, uh, that story fucking murdered me. Thanks. So that story's on there. Uh, a lot of my best travel stories are on there. Uh, like I said, you know, and I, you know, you I like I like, to, I like to learn. Yeah, it's on iTunes. I'm gonna buy it right now. Do it, baby. Uh, I got two Mongolia tracks. Two. No one's got a Mongolian. Track. I played in. There's a great club in Mongolia. I played there. I've got Beijing. Um, you know, uh, Oslo, Berlin. It's. Um, it, it's it's pretty epic this album i just had Oz. i was just in Oslo. i just did a tour of uh of um i'm in fucking itunes hold on here we go i go to the apple store um i just did a tour through um scandinavia first tour in scandinavia i went to a place called um what's the name of the fucking Oslo's incredible there's a great comedy scene there too i, lo I, I love the norwegian comedians i i loved i loved all of scandinavia i didn't have one bad show i really enjoyed it went to a place called christiania in uh copenhagen copenhagen yeah more yeah. we the uh yeah there there was a there's a club there i i played like 20 years ago the comedy zoo i played there twice and christiana's um tom rhodes around the world albums 1599 purchased three hours long baby yeah a friend of that's, mine that's like a, you know what that is that's an affordable podcast like yeah. when you think about <clears throat> podcasting we do I try to keep mine like an hour, an hour and a half because I, I feel like it's more digestible. I don't want to, I th I'm afraid that people will, unless sometimes if I'm drinking, there'll be three hours and people will get it. Oh, this is going to, he's going to say a lot of <clears throat> shitty regrets. I'll listen to the whole thing. But I feel like I don't want to monopolize your time. There's so many great podcasts out there that I go, I'm going to try to cram in all my good thoughts into an hour and a half and and let you go get like uh like i mean rogan yeah i mean this is like this is like it's also a university education so all my best information and things i've learned traveling the world and little knowledge nuggets what's porto porto is portugal oh yeah i did a comedy festival there in october i've never been to portugal i had never either and porto is an amazing place in it's called porto portugal yeah where is it? Is it by the ocean? I would imagine yeah well it's in the north and there's a river and it's where the name portugal comes from um because that's the port that the explorers left from and um jk rowling was an english teacher there years ago and um the students wear capes in the winter that's where she got the idea for capes for harry potter and uh there's a bookstore that has this magnificent uh wooden staircase that was inspired uh hogwarts uh it's really? a it's a really interesting place and the food is like Spanish tapas, a lot of little small dishes. They've got 1,000 recipes for cod in Portugal. Really? Yeah, it's an interesting place. Um, and not your first choice when you go to Europe. 
you know but so let's do a game we'll, we'll do we'll do not first choices okay so like someone goes breakfast where would you where is your like the let's do the first choice for breakfast anywhere in the world you can go anywhere in the world for breakfast and then not your first choice so i'll do mine okay breakfast first mm. choice easy easy has got to be an english breakfast what, with the big beans? It. I love English breakfast. Yeah, it's a considerate eggs. way to start your day with a bunch of ass fuel with the big beans. <laughs> Two eggs, it. a little <clears throat> bacon, like a soft bacon, a fried tomato. I like the, the five-star hotels in Asia when you do these Asia tours, and oh. these hotel breakfasts are incredible. Can I tell you? We were in Bali. and the Like Bali. Like those, play, like those, those breakfasts at those hotels are incredible. Out of this world. And can I, my favorite thing is the, when they do the, the soups, the like, not not uh it's not like uh it's just like a noodle soup for breakfast and you can make it a little spicy but there's a savoriness to it it's like a sweet but a little hot dude i every time i would grab a soup and then i go get a soft boiled egg throw it inside my soup and that would be my breakfast i could not get enough of that shit asian breakfasts are did you know american breakfasts weren't a thing until like kellogg's showed up yeah, and that was a big health craze when the cereals started because um, they thought bacon and eggs was a really unhealthy way to eat. So Kellogg's in those places, they all had health spas. So people would go there and exercise and eat cereal. That was yeah. like a, that was a revolutionary uh, diet change at, yeah. the, at the time. They, he, he did it, and Kellogg didn't want to sell it to the general public. It was part of his regiment to his people. Post, out of post cereals, didn't have any money, failed businessman, comes in, goes to the spa. He's working at the spa to pay for his time at the spa. It's like a sanitarium, a place to get your head right, has the breakfast cereal, leaves, and then just steals the recipe from, from Kellogg's brother, who was the guy, and uh, creates grape nuts and takes off the cereal boom. Post is such a cunt, he won't let his brother sell the cereal live. Sanitarium burns down. Before it does, on accident, they had stale, uh, they had stale dough out for the cereal, and it, he tried to save it. So they pressed it, and it turned into flakes. He changes recipe, turns into cornflakes. Cornflakes takes the fucking game. By the way, thank you, History Channel. <laughs> I, uh, I just learned. Me and my daughter watched that in last yesterday. I'm fa we're fascinated by it. And then Isla looks at me and goes, "I want a bowl of cereal." I go, "Me too." Do I haven't had cereal forever? It was fucking awesome. I always get excited when I meet people from Michigan because, um, you know, you you would save the cereal box tops and mail them to Michigan, and then they'd, Battle Creek. Then they'd send you uh, toys in the mail. Yeah, <laughs> little glow in the dark bike reflector or whatever. Dude, I I remember as a kid, and then this is I mean this has got to be an art form that isn't around anymore. But cereal for me was a bowl of cereal and the box in front of me, and just reading the box. Like reading whatever cartoons they had on the box or whatever ads they had on the box or the prize that I that was cereal for me. Yeah. It's like taking a shit and reading the paper. No one does that anymore. It's like your phone. I love cereal. Okay, so your first choice is Asia for breakfast. For breakfast. Okay, <clears throat> what's your what's your not so recognizable? Uh, Berlin and Germany. Like you go to hotels there and it's like um, cold cuts and lunch meats and a hard boiled egg. Oh, yeah. It's I'm odd. sure, like, maybe there's some fancy hotels that I missed, but... Um, Hawaiian yeah. breakfast for me. I love breakfast in Hawaii because it's always, it's always like, uh, tons of amazing fruits. Pineapples are out of this fucking world. 
and the pancakes they have the coconut milk the coconut syrup yeah oh nice i want to go to hawaii before this month's over mid-roll reads mid-roll reads what are they these are mid-roll reads today's podcast is brought to you by hymns hymns is a one-stop shopping for male wellness i will tell you right now i started noticing that i was losing my hair when i was 22 years old and panic set in if you're one of those people where panic is hitting your heart and you're thinking so this is the beginning of the end for me all the good chicks were in my past and i got nothing but but skanks that's what i felt and i was wrong you know why i was wrong because i got in stop i got in front of my hair loss and i started taking prescription medicines so that it would stop and now to this day i am 47 years old and I, every time I say to my wife, I want to shave my head because I think I'm going bald, she says, Leanne. Yeah. What do you say? When you think you're going bald, you're not. I think your hair looks great. Thank you very much. And it's because I got in front of that. Did you know that 66% of men start losing their hair by their <laughs> age of 35? No, I didn't know that. What's so funny about that? <laughs> it's not funny for us men that are losing our hair. It's funny because you're just talking to me because you don't want me to read my email. <laughs> you're right. I don't want you to read your email. <laughs> Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with the licensed physician and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows men's health conversations are easier to have online than in person. No more awkward in-person visits or long pharmacy lines. Forhims connects you with real doctors online, which could save you hours, completely confidential and discreet. All you got to do is answer a few quick questions. A doctor's going to review it. They'll determine if it's going to work for you, and they can prescribe medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door this holiday season. Let it grow. Let it grow. Leanne? Yeah. Let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. With Hims. Try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash Burtcast. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash Burtcast. For hymns.com slash Burtcast. Prescription products are subject to doctor approval and require an online consultation with the physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. You got to see the full website for full details and safety information. This would cost hundreds if you went in person or to the doctor's office or to the pharmacy. Remember, that is for hymns.com slash Burtcast. This podcast is also brought to you by Blue Apron. Last night, we cooked two Blue Apron. You can say it along with me. Two, two Blue, Blue Aprons. We got a, what was it, a Mongolian beef? Nope. What was it? It was a beef Szechuan. Beef Szechuan. And, and um, Korean. A, Korean pork with rice cakes. The Korean pork with rice cakes was so gluttonously good. Oh, it was so good. It was out of this world. I went with the beef Szechuan. Beef Szechuan. And it was through the roof. It was. It was. I'll tell you right now. It was. It, it was better than the Korean, it, and the Korean pork was so good. I'm going to take a step even further. Mm. It was better than ordering Chinese food. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was healthier. It was better. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, and it was inexpensive. And it was easy. It was, it was. If you think about what it cost, it was probably more inexpensive than just getting Chinese food. Yes, it more was inexpensive. less expensive. Less expensive. Sorry. <laughs> This time of the year gets stressful. It does for Leanne. Leanne plans out her whole week. Month. Her whole month. I plan the whole month of meals. And and literally, Blue Apron. Is two days a week. Is two days a week. They give you flexible menu options with an ever-changing mix of meat, fish, plant-forward, and vegetarian options. 
You can choose from a variety of chef-designed recipes and get perfectly portioned ingredients delivered right to your door. It helps me disconnect from my phone, sit with my family, take a minute, and we every night we go, what's your favorite part of the day? What's your least favorite part of the day? We talk about our day, and we connect with our girls. And I believe a family that cooks together, eats together, a family that eats together, stays together, and that is how I am raising beautiful daughters that are well-rounded. Yes, you are. I think, I, I don't know if I am. Well, you just said that's how I am. Blue Apron is. <laughs> their menus are carefully designed and tested by their test kitchen chefs, and they use unique specialty ingredients to bring chef-quality recipes to their to your dinner table. So bring back the magic of your kitchen. Enjoy a home-cooked meal. Check out this week's menu and get $60 off Wow! when you visit blueapron.com slash BurtCast. That's blueapron.com slash BurtCast. Blue Apron. Cook more. Cook more. Cook more. They got seared steak lemon caper butters. Mm. Crispy Brussels sauce with saffron risotto. That looks fucking phenomenal. Barbecued chicken. Yum. Sheep pan pesto salmon. Oh, Yum. I wonder where you were getting this sheep pan idea from. Yeah. Blue Apron. A better way to cook. Nope. Blue Apron. Cook more. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Tushy. Tushy is an, an amazing unconventional gift for anyone in your life everyone has an ass everyone deserves the gift of tushy leanne are you tired of wiping your butt with dry toilet paper that doesn't remove all the shit i'm just tired of wiping my butt if you got poop on any part of your body would you just wipe it off with dry paper no water cleans better than dry paper am i right leanne yeah Thankfully, now there's a sleek bidet attachment that clips onto your existing toilet. A what? A sleek bidet attachment that clips onto your existing toilet and sprays your butt with completely clean, fresh no. water. It's called Tushy, Leanne. No. And it's the best thing you can do for your butt. Tushy sprays directly to your ass and removes poop completely. Shut up. So you aren't sitting on bacteria that leads to nasty things like hemorrhoids, yeast infections, UTIs. What? Itchy assholes, skid marks. People get these things from their own shit? Bidets are common in the rest of the world. They yeah. save you money on toilet paper so you can be a, like a little more green friendly. <laughs> maybe. You still use a little toilet paper to dry your ass. But Better for your pipes? Yeah. it won't. You're right. It won't clog your toilets. Yeah. Tushy sprays your ass with fresh water. Not toilet water. Fresh water. And it connects to the water supply behind, behind your toilet seat. To spray your dirty parts with clean, fresh water. It is the same water you brush your teeth with. Wet wipes are worse than toilet paper. They're terrible for the environment. They cause anal fissures, and you don't want your What's anus. What's an anal fissure? Um, Google it. They cause anal tears? They cause anal fissures. Do you want anal fissures? No. Do you want your friends to get anal fissures? Maybe some of them. Well, those that no. you don't want to get anal fissures, <laughs> get them tushy. Leanne, it's only $79. That's really not bad. Yeah. Helps you get everything out. It's sexy. It's sexy. <laughs> I misread that, but keep it in. It's like a sexy tooth or cloud that helps you A poop. sexy tooth or cloud? What? I must not be writing You that. are dyslexic. Oh, I'm sorry. Tushy Ottoman. What? There's an Ottoman that you spray your feet at the same time? <laughs> I'm reading this correctly. By the way, leave this in. I'm reading this what? correctly because you this read is not. so perfect. You can get the tushy ottoman. Oh, is this like, oh. Helps you get everything out. Yeah. It's okay. like a sexy tooth or cloud that helps you poop. A sexy tooth? I'm reading it right. It's only $69, which is nice. Wait, what's $69? The sexy tooth? 
Go to hellotushy.com slash Bert to get 10% off your order. We use Tushy. I swear by Tushy. It is the best thing. It I've been hands-free for years now. I went, first went to Japan and noticed that I'm being serious. I first went to Japan. What? You're not hands-free. Well, technically hands-free. You do dry yourself. I do dry That's myself. What, what, you do that with your foot? But the first time I ever experienced this was probably four years ago in Japan, and I was mind blown. I gotta be done. I gotta be honest with you. I would sometimes when I was bored go sit on the toilet and just spray my anus. That you have a problem. I swear to God. Sometimes when I get cold, I'll just spray my anus. You are so weird. Go to hellotushy.com slash Bert to get 10% off your order. That is hellotushy.com to get 10% of your order. This is the modern day bathroom self-care oasis that you've been waiting for. Upgrade your bathroom. You deserve this Instagrammable luxury. Tushy, only $79, and it will change your life. I, I haven't been to Hawaii in a long time. Yeah, but Hawaii is passe for you. I mean, you, the places you I still on. love Hawaii. Hawaii is amazing. Okay, uh, favorite beach town, and then not so recognized. Number one beach town, and then not so recognizable. Like, I bet you didn't see that coming, beach town. Okay, um, uh, 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 um, I'll say right now, beach-wise, and I'll talk while you think, Hawaii, no, no, no one holds a candle to Hawaii, in my opinion. For beaches, I think you're right. Hawaii is <clears throat> just, I, I, Hawaii is, if I could get a sponsorship from the tourism of Hawaii, I would spend every podcast talking about Hawaii for five minutes. It's my favorite place on the planet. Number one, the reason I love Hawaii, and I discovered this working for Travel Channel, because I probably, with Travel Channel, I've been to Hawaii maybe 10 times. And, and by the way, I got, I got blessed enough to meet the biggest names of, the, of, like, of like surfing. Like I've gotten lucky enough to be pushed into those communities. People from descendants of royalty, amazing chefs. Hawaii is set up, the business plan in Hawaii is set up so that you have such a good time you come back. Everyone wants you to have such a great time that you come back because that's their their economy. Yeah. And so you never leave Hawaii. I, I've never left Hawaii once going, fuck that place. Yeah. I, every time I left, I go, why are we leaving? Can't wait to get back. I, I don't want to get I don't want to go get on this fucking plane. I've never once taken a morning flight out of Hawaii. I always take that nighttime flight going, you know what? Let's spend the day at the beach. Yeah. I love Hawaii so fucking <laughs> and much. And even that that uh, Waikiki Beach in Honolulu. Is I love a, Waikiki that's Beach. That's one of the nicest beaches in the world, and that's like a city beach. They say that's a, like a public beach. I've I've. It's sat, an amazing beach. A gorgeous beach. You can go surf on Waikiki. You can take uh, those uh, the the that's outrigger. Where, that's where surfing was invented by the Hawaiian kings on Waikiki Beach. On Waikiki Beach, and the shopping's amazing around Waikiki Beach. Great stand up club with the Blue Note. Oh, I've never the Blue Note in Hawaii. One of my favorite shows I've ever done. It's going there now? <clears throat> oh, it's, I think it's the Blue Note. Hey, type in Burt Kreischer, the Blue Note, Hawaii, Waikiki. I, I brought my family down. Was, this was, I was like, right when I started to kind of sell a ticket, they, I got a great deal from the guys at the Blue Note. Like, really great deal. And I was like, well, I can't pass that up. Sell the tickets at a show. I was like, oh, now I'm taking the family down, right? We stay in Waikiki, uh, which at a place where you could swim with dolphins, which... I'm not a fan of. I, I know that. If, I I mean, I've, I this is a joke, but I feel like it's a lot like going to a strip club. You don't feel like those dolphins are like strippers are on there there for their own will. 
they're just kind of like the guy's like ladies we got customers and then the dolphins come out like with that <laughs> fake smile <laughs> yeah and the guy's like everyone's like can we touch them he's like yeah don't put your fingers in their holes anyway that's the bit but um but uh i had the lesser known beach on the tip of my brain and i have misplaced it um i did a gig in the seychelles islands with april macy a few years ago that was a pretty beautiful beach seychelles <clears throat> Islands. where's that that's off the coast of africa whoa 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 whoa, whoa. slow roll me through this you work for the Travel Channel. You don't know where the Seychelles Islands are? No. Dude, I was you ever seen those, uh, like, National Geographic? They'll have those, like, thousand-year-old turtles or 300-year-old turtles, tortoises, okay. yes. rather? That's where, that's where those are. Wait, hold on. I've been there. <clears throat> Just off the coast of Zanzibar? Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> I think it's in, but it's off the coast of Africa. We went, yeah, we, <clears throat> went, we went off the coast of Africa and saw, like, I think it was a 300-year-old tortoise. Like, there was a bunch of them on this fucking thing. It was like a tourist sanctuary. And then we walked around the island, and then we jumped off a cliff. We jumped off a cliff into the water, and our guide was like, I'll go first, tell you how shallow it is, because we couldn't tell. He jumped in and was like, okay, it's pretty shallow, but it's not that bad. So my cameraman, John Mans, jumps in and goes, he's wrong. It's really bad. Do not jump in. I had just had Shane Moss on my podcast, who broke both his heels jumping off a cliff. <clears throat> yeah. I just had him on my <clears throat> podcast. He shattered both his heels. And I go, well, let me try. Jesus. Wow. And so I jump in and it and I hit both my heels and the pain is through the fucking roof. It is the most pain I've ever felt. And I'm like, and and my buddy John Mans goes, You just had a guy who broke his his heels jumping off a you just well, how stupid are you? So and then we there was no way up. So we had to swim around the island to get to our boat. Mm. It was like a fucking solid, like fucking half a mile swim to our boat around an island. Thailand's got amazing beaches. Never been to Thailand. I'd love You've to go never to been to Thailand? I would love to go to Thailand. Only Vietnam. And the beaches in Vietnam. <clears throat> I love Vietnam. I love um, Vietnam. The, the beaches in Thailand are amazing. Malaysia's got really nice beaches. They're what's considered the Hawaii of Malaysia is um, an island called Langkawi. And um, I took a boat there from Penang. Take a pull up Langkawi. Langkawi is pretty, pretty awesome. <clears throat> and Malaysia is a Muslim country. So you see Muslim women with the with you know covering and then european women with strings hanging in their ass and their titties hanging out all right women what was the less the lesser beach the tip? lesser of the two uh, one of my favorite beaches in the world is the beach that i grew up going to new smyrna beach new smyrna beach yeah is the one <clears throat> of my one, favorite beaches in the fucking world all of my earliest sexual activities happened on that beach also. i had so many sexual activities in new smyrna we would take girls uh after prom or uh homecoming you that's where you would drive your date and you could so, drive onto the beach. Drive onto the beach, park. You still can. And, uh, I mean, that's still one of my favorite beaches in the world. There's, uh, there's, there is nothing <clears throat> better than pulling your car onto the beach and having all your goods at your car. I've seen many a car caught in the surf. Yeah, uh, it was always like some kid. It was always some rich kid in his dad's car. He would wander off for the day and leave his car, and then the yep. tide comes in, and then the car is submerged. Shark attack capital of the world. New yep. Smyrna Beach. Got bumped in the leg by a shark when I was a kid. Probably the last time I was in the water at New Smyrna Beach. I fucking ran on top of that water to get out of the water. I fucking have... Is this is this New Smyrna? Yeah. If they have videos of the helicopters flying above New Smyrna, yeah. and there's just sharks everywhere. Wow. And it, But, you know, it's it, they're, I, I think That's they're predominantly like blue sharks or small sharks, reef sharks yellow tips they're not the aggressive like the bull sharks the aggressive one 
And I, if I'm not mistaken, bull sharks are big in the in the Gulf and then up the coast a little bit. I think. Uh, I I love. Um... What's beneath Cancun? I went there in January. Oh my god! Cozumel, not Cozumel. Why can't I think of the name of it? Um, Cancun. I'll look on the map. Yeah, like you got the the you know it's the Caribbean part Dude. of Mexico. So there's the beaches like Cookie Dough, and um, Playa del Carmen. No, Cozumel. Um, further south of cancun like In belize no 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 Not no that. no 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 can i see the the map yeah there we go um where is cancun? tulum i've been to tulum tulum that's what i'm talking i've about. been to tulum. tulum the beaches i love the beaches in tulum tulum is fucking Tulum, Tulum is, is where Tulum. I went there in January. I can't for my birthday. I can't believe uh, I was going through the divorce and a friend of mine uh, was going down there and I thought it was great. I went down there for a week. It was incredible. Tulum is one of my favorite. Uh, uh, we stayed in a we stayed in a resort in Tulum and it was out of this mm. fucking world. It was next level. And I was like, and I remember Travel Channel's whole thing was like, we're not about resorts. We're about getting off the grid, living, the living, yeah. being part of the people getting lost in the city immersing yourself in the culture but they put our crew up at tulum at this resort we've never been happier we were like this is why would we why wouldn't we just profile resorts this is fucking amazing you don't need to leave this place well that was my third i hadn't been to tulum in 10 years and yeah. i had stayed in resorts before and this time uh i stayed in an air um an airbnb downtown tulum and it was it was really great you could rent bikes and it was like 30 minute ride to the beach i want to say we rode uh exotic sports cars in tulum mm. there was like a, a, tr a sports car track where you could go in <laughs> rent like a lamborghini ferrari porsche there was some music festival going on there with all these drugged out american kids walking around so i had come back from the beach and they it was a uh it was this 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 little spanish kid runs this um this um God, I'd do him a great commercial if I could remember the name of it. But he got us free massages. And then after I got massaged, I wanted to go walk into the town and, and get something to eat. And so I'm sober now. You know, I don't drink. And uh, this the, the police cars are, are Ford F-150 pickup trucks. And this police pickup truck pulled up the grill right up to my chest as I'm walking into the town trying to intimidate me and they jump out and these you know the guy's like I, and and i i said uh um god i'm uh, uh, un poquito espanol i'm trying to you know tell the guy and he's yeah. he's asking me where i'm staying i'm apartmento and i point over in that direction and then uh oh he, he gets out and i said uh, hola senor uh, you know, and I'm, uh, you know, um, yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, and then his other guy gets out of the driver's seat. He comes over and they were trying to shake me down for money. Yeah. They thought I was a drugged out American. And then this other guy gets out of the back and they're all like, you know, really um, tough looking Mexican cops. And the dude says, uh, us, marijuana, cocaine. And I said, uh, uh, yo soy no fumar, no bebo, um, 
Cinco Enos Sober. And then they said something to each other in Spanish and got back in the truck and drove off. Cinco, that's, so so that's my, the, my six words of Spanish and Cinco sobriety. Cinco Enos Sober. And he's like, oh, por qué? And you're like, por qué? Uh, unas días in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember the story. Me busting of course, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, big drinkers always remember when people get sober. Yeah. Because you always think like... Um, I was I was wonder <clears throat> I'm gonna go ten years, and then you're gonna start up again. I'm gonna start drinking again. That's some five and a half years now. It's not a bad deal. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna go crazy like I did before. But you know, like when I'm in France or Italy, I wouldn't mind a glass of wine. Do you ever do you ever miss it in those situations? I mean, you know, once in a while, if I'm in a cafe in Paris, you think I'd be nice to have a glass of wine or something. But no, I don't miss it. I do when I'm home. I, I very seldomly drink. When I'm home, I'll drink on weekends. If like if it's an event, if like we're having a party at a friend's house, or if you know, I don't know. If I'm playing golf, I play golf. I hit an eagle, and I and I wasn't drinking, but I hit an eagle. So I'm like, cart girl came up. I was like, round of bloody marys, double bloody marys. Everyone buying everyone, and then she we started in two holes. We got another round. We went back to the clubhouse. Got bought everyone a drink at the clubhouse. It's like fucking. I hit an eagle. Came home because i haven't been drinking came home wasted wasted and that monday was tough because i was like wow i haven't had a hangover really like i was like i never i never get like a like a like a like a three-week hangover woke up with a headache going like whoa i have a headache and man old b-man kicked back in and was like we deal with hangovers on the fucking reg let's get some coffee motherfucker let's go food shopping with your it was like but um but yeah i i wonder I was in spin class today and I was saying to myself, and I, I just, it's, what's today, Tuesday, Wednesday? Wednesday. I haven't drank since uh, probably Saturday, maybe, Saturday night. And today I thought, our next door neighbor is an alcoholic, uh, a lady. She's 70 years old, 68 years old, and she is uh, feeble, can't walk. Uh, they have to have a belt where they carry it or walk to the car, and she has a wheelchair now. And when I first, we first moved in here, she was really kind of active, and she drank a box of white wine, and I kind of thought it was cool. And I love that she's getting a box of white wine and her sitting out having a box of white wine. And I've watched her kind of fall apart, and I, I've been saying to myself, I, I definitely don't want that to happen to me. Like I don't want my body to not be able to recover yeah. one day, and it, my liver not to regenerate itself and go. And all of a sudden, one day, I'm like, "Oh no, I'm, I'm, uh, there's no coming back from where I've been partying." So that's why lately I've kind of been like really good at home, still party a little bit on the road, but uh, but you know, this year is going to be pretty lame for me because we're doing sober October in a couple months. And well, I think it's a pretty remarkable uh, exercise and willpower to stop for ten years. I think if that's you stop, cool. by the way, I think where you're at is remarkable because it's not like you, it's not like you're. It's not like you you have like a day job and you quit. Yeah. You're quitting and you're in the throes of it. You're in like different countries every night. Well, it's like when you're in seat. Ireland or England and everybody's, um, you know, all the comedians there that's, drink heavily. That's my pool thing. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's 10 hedgehog years, mating season. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do like uh, a year off and then start back up just to really let my body catch up. I don't know. Or maybe not. Maybe I'll just do this month and then October. And that'll be the end of my end of my fucking and then I'll just party my dick off. Yeah. Until fucking till the wheels come off. I wonder about Stanhope. You know, Stanhope kind of quit drinking or or slowed down his drinking and started working out. 
Yeah, I, uh, I heard that. Yeah. I heard he's doing yoga and stuff. Doing yoga. Which is great. It's great for him. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, yoga is awesome. Do you work out at all? Uh, lightly. And um, I used to do yoga. I want to get back into it. Um, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, as people get older, they have spine problems. So uh, everyone. So it's just smart to do yoga for the spine bending and the exercising. Because, you know, you need to keep your, the elasticity of your, of your spine and your neck. So, I mean, even if you don't do yoga, just to, you know, semi-frequently, a couple times a week to do bending exercises huh. is good. What do you wear when you work out? I, I, only, I only ever see you dressed in black. Like, what do you wear when you wear, <laughs> black. You wear like a Lakers jersey? <laughs> no, um, uh, yeah, there's a little gym in my building, you know, and I'll run on the treadmill and do some machines and some light weights. That's it. I just started lifting weights again because I was... I, I got a bunch of people. I, was, I, I had a really hard time losing weight. I was like 256 for the longest time, and I couldn't lose it. Someone said, hey, man, when you get older, your body stops retaining your muscle mass, so you need to keep it up in order to burn. That's how you burn fat yeah. is your muscle. And well, you I mean, <clears throat> I dropped like 15 pounds just when I stopped drinking, and I wasn't even working out. It's just, you know, it's the, you're getting thousands of calories every night from, from the booze. Favorite city... Favorite city and then surprise city to drink in. Well, God, Hong Kong was always fun. And on that Hong Kong track on my album is that goldfish story. Um, What's the goldfish story? Is that the one I'm thinking of? No, that's not the one. Um, where the hotel put a goldfish in my room and then they took it away from me. I don't remember it. <laughs> Wait, what happened? I, I'm sure you've heard it before. <clears throat> I don't want to give it away. But... Um, God, for drinking. Is it Hong Kong one, two, or three? That story. I can't remember. Okay. <clears throat> for drinking, it's tough because if you're a drinker, any city's good to drink in. Yeah. Uh, Galway, Ireland is one of my favorite places, and uh, that's pretty awesome to drink. Ireland's a great I mean, everywhere's city. a great place to drink, really. Yeah. I mean, and I still love booze, you know? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about, about booze and... Uh, I just needed to take a break to get some shit done. I think that's, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's like beyond admirable. It's like, I think a lot of people look at you and they go, oh, that's kind of, I think I know for a fact, I've been like, that's kind of guy I am. When I decide to take a break, I'll take a break. And then, and then I know like just going, you know what? I'm taking a break. And then maybe I'll stop for 10 years and I'll go, I'm back in baby. I'm coming back with a margarita. What do you think your first drink will be? Uh, it's going to be Vov Clico Champagne. <clears throat> Vov Clico Champagne, what's that? Uh, it's got the orange label, and um, it comes from Reims, uh, France. It, um, the, the, the history of it is, is really interesting. The woman, uh, Vov means widow in French. Yeah. So it's the widow Clico. This woman started the champagne house with her husband. The husband died. She was 27 years old. She took over uh, running the champagne house. And at the time, uh, champagne bottles always had this sediment, this shit in the bottom of the bottle. And it was her idea to store the bottles upside down. And every few months, someone come in and turn the bottle a quarter. And that solved the sediment shit in the bottom of the champagne bottle really and to this day every champagne house um copies that procedure and um 
It's what the women on Absolutely Fabulous drank, and it's got an orange label, and um, it's um, it's like $45 a bottle. Dom Perignon is $100 a bottle, and uh, it's not better. It's just the name. I've, I've had Cristal before, and i, I got to be honest with you, and I think it's probably the name that did it. I really loved it. I've never had Cristal. I had Cristal uh, once on our say 20th anniversary. What's that, like $300 a bottle? It's pretty expensive. It was a gift. Someone sent it to us for a deal or something wow but um i think do you ever think about parallel life lives like like say someone came in and said hey i'm gonna uh, uh tom i'm a huge fan of your comedy as a matter of fact I, I i want you i don't want you to stop doing comedy but i'd like you to come into my business maybe uh help me run my business i'm gonna give it to you it's worth it's 15 million dollars i know money's not important to you but it's worth 15 million dollars so you don't have to worry about money. You can keep doing stand-up as much as you want, but I want you to also run this side business. You ever think like that? Because I'm thinking Vineyard for me in a fucking heartbeat. I would love, I would love to be able to run a vineyard in like the south of France. Or <clears throat> I'd love it. I'd love wine. And I know a lot about wine because I lived with a woman from uh, Paris for seven years uh, in San Francisco. And she taught me all about wine and then living in Northern California. So th and that's the one thing I miss. And that, you know, when I start drinking again, like I know the history of champagne. What's the history of champagne? I just told you about the. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I was like and Dom Perignon is credited with discovering champagne, but uh, there's a, a myth that when he first drank champagne, he said, I am drinking the stars. That's propaganda started by the Dom Perignon uh, company. Uh, apparently the story was he thought the bubbles were, um, uh, he tried, he spent most of his life trying to remove the bubbles from champagne, from, um, this history of wine that I read years ago. Really? Yeah. The, uh, I would love to run a vineyard. I would love to run a vineyard that does comedy Saturday nights. That's a great idea. And just, that, that's my business. I do believe I can be healthy by drinking one bottle of wine a night. I think I know from my body, if I have one bottle of wine, and I, I mean, probably one bottle in a glass. But like one bottle of wine, I can get up and do anything. I'm not hungover in the slightest. I feel fine. Well, it's only, you know, it's <clears throat> after two glasses of wine, you get that happy, warm feeling in your cheeks. And that's perfection. And then you have the third or fourth glass and then it disappears. Yeah. And then, and then if you could just stay at that two, two and a half glass uh, of wine. That's that's the perfect feeling. My problem is one bottle of wine, right? Well, it, it always starts at dinner. Bottle of wine with dinner, me and my wife. She has a glass, I have a glass. Cooking, I kill that glass. Second glass at dinner. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Go back. I take the last glass. And then I'm like, I'll open one more bottle. We'll sit and watch a little TV. And then there's always a certain point at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock where I'm like, God damn it. I only have one more glass in this bottle. One more bottle of wine. <laughs> I look at those guys with jobs like that, like running a vineyard, and I go, that would be a cool fucking life. You know? I agree. What would you rather what would you rather have? <clears throat> a cigar company? A company that makes cigars or a company that, or a vineyard? A vineyard, definitely. What about what about a restaurant or a vineyard? Mm. <clears throat> I don't know. Depends where it is. I mean, if we're talking south of France, I'm a huge Francophile. So Really? Yeah. I would um to to run a vineyard in France. I mean, what do I know about vineyards? Why don't I, mean, why don't I just do comedy on Saturday? That's what my dad, my dad goes, 
be a fucking hedgehog, buddy. Do your one thing and do it all the time. Yeah. Don't fucking be, don't be don't spread yourself thin. You got you got lucky. You can do comedy. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm actually I'm writing a book. I'm I've finished, are you serious? I finished the first draft, and it's uh, kind of the companion piece to go along with the album. So uh, every chapter is the same. Um, it's the same as the album track listing. It's the 24 cities around the world. So I've got my personal story with each city. Uh, my jokes about each city and knowledge nuggets about each city. So um, I'm going through it now. I'm, I'm the the end of August is my personal deadline, and then I'm going to submit it for publication. So um, like that's my what I have. What I my value is my world knowledge and my experience traveling the world, and you know my my jokes about um, you know trying to educate people so where would you move where would you move for one year if you had to couldn't live in the states where would you move for one year i love paris I think, you'd live in paris I think paris is okay amazing. can't now, now that's the number one where's the not so obvious choice antwerp <clears throat> dude antwerp is an amazing city it's fucking antwerp is so cool and it's affordable it's um <clears throat> you know you got the same kind of old um buildings that they have in amsterdam but Amsterdam has kind of exploded for property values. And then also it's overrun with drugged out tourists and stuff. Uh, Amsterdam? Where, yeah, yeah, people who live there, they're trying to reduce the tourism there now. Really? Um, and, and people who live there... Are they there, doing that by running you over with their bikes? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, the the mayor, Femke Halsema, who was a guest when I had the late night talk show there, um, she's even trying to shut down the red light district. They want to like reduce the amount of tourists and make it um you know more for the citizens there antwerp so uh, antwerp is a kind of a quiet sleepy little town it's absolutely adorable caught me off guard i, I think hated belgians Belgium. are like dutch people but with low self-esteem uh you'll never meet a cocky belgian person really yeah i i was i was not a fan of belgium because of what's the what's the go-between city you got to get off the train there to go anywhere in Belgium when you come through in, uh, England. What's the big train stop in Belgium? Uh, I don't know. Brussels? Brussels. I fucking yeah, I, hated I hate, Brussels. I don't, I'm not a, I don't like Brussels at all. I hated Brussels. <clears throat> yeah, Brussels is not very nice. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Antwerp. I think Ghent is another. Is it like most of the tourists go to Bruges? I would because of that movie. I, I, Bruges, Bruges looks and, beautiful. Bruges and Ghent are almost identical, but Ghent is a university town, and most tourists don't go there. Yeah, and Bruges is kind of overrun with tourists and stuff. So, check out Ghent if you ever go to. If you had to move somewhere in Asia, where would you move? Um, I love Hanoi. Really, Hanoi is really charming. Charming is an interesting word for Hanoi because it's pretty it's French tree lined boulevards, uh, but it's, it's it, it, like the traffic's insane. Mm -hmm. The the I always say Vietnamese people. If we're talking about Asians, yeah, I had a wreck on a motorcycle there last year. Did you really? Yeah, I um, I've been afraid of motorcycles my whole life. I think you told me about the keep going, keep going. Yeah, and then um, the guy that puts on the comedy in Hanoi, this English guy, also does motorcycle tours of the north of Vietnam. So I stayed over for a couple of days and we rode motorcycles up. Was, we were 45 miles north of Hanoi going up some mountain. 
some mountain road winding. And um, I, I, I was laser focused because I was terrified. Yeah. And I'm trying to break through my fear. And the bike just shot out from underneath me. I got too close to the, the dusty edge. And fortunately, I was wearing a helmet and I wasn't hurt at all. I just lost some skin on my elbow. Yeah. And um, uh, it's amazing. I, uh, I, I, uh, 10 minutes later, I was in a first aid place and the guy, you know, cleaned my little wound. And then I, and then Vietnamese people, they don't recognize you're driving on the highway and people are pulling in front of you. Trucks are doing U-turns. Um, mopeds and motorcycles are shooting across, even though they're, they have the red light, they're pulling out right in front of you and stuff. Um, I have never been happier to when I got that motorcycle back to Hanoi and got off of it. Did I, I, I rode a motorcycle in Hanoi, um, through traffic and it was just in tense. I, I did that <clears throat> leaving and coming back in Hanoi. Fucking scary as shit. Yeah. It really is the, it's, it's almost like that. Don't worry what's behind you. Worry what's in front of you. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the Hanoi track on the album where they do the comedy, uh, it's this rooftop bar and you're looking out at the lake where John McCain was shot down. That's in the dead center of the city. That's right in the dead center of the city. And so it's this beautiful lake and it's amazing to think that, you know, he was shot down there. You know, I've read so much about Vietnam, the whole town surrounded that lake and pulled him out and, and dragged him and through the city beat him stabbing him, him all the way yeah it's a brutal what happened to him um and now there's swan paddle boats and couples uh all over that lake i got my ears cleaned right outside that lake did you do that with the wax thing yeah wow where they go in with the i've the, never had the courage and to they carve oh yeah. my god i did it pulls out a ton of wax apparently not for me because I, I, i'm pretty clean i clean my ears every day which you're not supposed to do, but I, I just, it's, I don't like, I, it's one of my rituals. And yeah, so, uh, I'm with you. I we, do had, the same. we had, we had this kid on my, on the show who was a singer and they cleaned so much wax out of his ears. All of a sudden he started hearing <laughs> and he was like, Oh my God, I can hear my, I, I haven't been hearing anything. And I was like, you're in a fucking band, but they were pulling out Tootsie rolls. Like, Oh, look at, this is it. This is it right here. Uh, yeah. Speed up, speed forward. 720,000 views. All right, yeah, 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 this is him. Look at this. They pull out. Look at they pulled out of his fucking oh ear. God. You look skinny there, Bert. No, I'm trying to lose weight. <clears throat> look at what the, uh, look at all these things they pulled out of this kid's ear. Wow. What was written on Look at that, look at that, look at that. Oh, those were jokes. Vietnam is amazing. You should go to Mongolia. is incredible. There, and there's a really great club in Ulaanbaatar. Really? Yeah, I really, really loved Mongolia. I mean, it's too cold to even go there for 10 months of the year. Really? But if you can go there in, you know, August, September, it's really beautiful. I would like to do, <clears throat> I would, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, when you talk about getting divorced and how you don't have to ask permission and you can just get to live your life. I think that's the position I'm in now is like, I don't, nothing's my decision like I, my career is one thing like i can but even still it's like when i wanted to do the european tour my leanne's like what are you you're breaking even i was like yeah but it's it's great experience it's like no 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 i get it yeah but you're, you're not gonna make any money you're gonna it's gonna cost you and mm -hmm. i was like i was like yeah but you don't understand as a comic it's so enriching to perform in front of different cultures and 
to be able to translate <clears throat> what you do. Yeah, like I was, <clears throat> like I was um, you were asking me before uh, about reading when I go to places. Like I like to bone up before I go to places. Like before I went to Mongolia, I read uh, Genghis Khan's biography. <clears throat> and so, you know, they loved my Genghis Khan jokes. What was your Genghis Khan? I, I, just been, <laughs> I know I, the joke. Right? I, I, know, I know one joke. You told me about it last time. I think it was the last time I was it's on it. to see relatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently everyone in the world is somehow related to Genghis Khan. So uh, I'm just here to visit family. Hello, cousins. <laughs> um, and uh, when I was in England for May and June, um, when I was a kid, we lived on Lord Byron Road. Yeah. And I've always been fascinated about this guy. <clears throat> so I read all about his um, about his life. And I just been I've been I just put out a podcast yesterday about um, Lord Byron, his years of fame. So a really fascinating guy. He had a club foot, handsome guy, drove women crazy, um, but he was um, kind of an asshole. And um, he had sex with his half sister and had a baby with her. And that was a big scandal in England. And he had to leave the country. And uh, then he went, he lived in Switzerland. He meets the poet Shelley, his girlfriend, Mary. They're staying in a house on Lake Geneva. They all write ghost stories. Mary Shelley comes up with Frankenstein. Apollodori, uh, Byron's doctor, came up with the vampire, which Bram Stoker made into Dracula. For real? For real. At this and this point. is all based off Lord Byron? Yeah. And then Byron went and lived in Italy. And, uh, and then he went and... He died in Greece fighting for- Is this for, still Tom Rhodes Radio? Yeah, Tom Rhodes uh, Radio Smart Camp. I'm looking, I'm pulling it up right now. So I like to, when I like to really- Lord Byron, years <clears throat> of fame. We're talking about a two hour and 11 minute podcast. Bro, more shit like that. That's what I've been doing. So I did like three episodes on the French Revolution last year. For real? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Voltaire. I've, I've done- Episodes on Voltaire. I did one on Seneca a few months Sharing ago. Sharing Aunt Margie's banana bread recipe <clears throat> with Tony Woods. Yeah. I am getting that right fucking now. That's Tony, a great episode. Tony's one of my favorite fucking comics in the world. He's like you, like one of those guys that I feel like, I feel like I'm related to, like I could just sit for hours with. Sailing in Tahoe with Cameron Haddon. Who's that? Uh, <clears throat> he's a dude who uh, Afghanistan... A veteran, and he's really into medicinal um, marijuana. He's got a farm in Sonoma, and he's also a sailing instructor. And he's been telling me for years in Lake Tahoe he's going to take me out on uh, his sailboat. So um, I did a podcast with him uh, on a sailboat parked in the center of Lake Tahoe. That was my 300th episode. Sun sparkles on the water go perfectly sun sparkles on the water go perfectly with native american beliefs and how they read signs from the mountains the classic tv westerns bonanza and other california factoids <clears throat> you're such a fucking fascinating person so so i, I want to talk about your podcast for a little bit yeah because your podcast is one of the one of the one of the first ones i ever heard ever when it, when podcasting you've been doing podcasts Where's my cigar sponsorship? <laughs> I know. These are delicious, by the way. Oh, I know. They're fucking awesome. Yeah. I'll give you a couple to take on the road. I'd love it. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, They're wonderful. Yeah, and let, let Escobar Cigars know that you're enjoying them, and maybe they'll send you a box. Cool. I would love that. Um, Escobar, hit up Tom Rhodes' podcast. Your podcast is would be great for this cigar because you're a cigar guy, but more importantly is one of the – how you've been doing a podcast for 
on and off for about 10 years. Yeah, I started in 2009. <clears throat> yeah. And then the my dude uh who was who the guy who got me into it, who was helping me, um he had he went to jail. So then I had to take a break for like 6 months and then <clears throat> I did pull them all down and then relaunch it in 2010. So I think online, it looks like it started in 2010, but it actually started in 2000. You did one with one of my favorite podcasts ever. Is it up there with you and Stanhope? That's episode number one. That's my favorite <clears throat> podcast. That's my favorite podcast ever. Yeah, it's episode one. I, I've talked <clears throat> about it at nauseum, but if you haven't, I just lost it. Hang on. If you haven't, go to Tom Rhodes, Tom Rhodes Radio Smart Camp. You're on episode 301 one right now. But episode one is so fucking great. You've got from 2018, Merry Christmas from Jerusalem. Yeah. Gangster Rap with Joe DeRosa. How come I've never been on your podcast? Have you not been on my podcast? No, I've never been on your podcast. I would like you to be on my podcast. I would love to do that. I'm here all month. Well, why don't you come over? Why don't you come over next week and we'll record one? I'd love to have you. I would love to do that. Let's schedule it through Andrew. I would love to do that. Yeah, no. Yeah, because... Your podcast. I'm home. You, I'm, I'm finally home for a stretch. I've been I'm home for, gone a, for a while. Too. And um, oh, I got I'm at I'm in Omaha at the Funny Bone at the end of the month. Um, I've got I'm at the Comedy Underground in Seattle. I think in Great September. Club. Great club. Um, I'm doing Acme in Minneapolis in Great November. Club. The Atlanta Punchline in November. Fucking great. Where's so, that at now? Is that like a? It's in that Buckhead Diner thing. Yeah. Is it, how yeah. is it? It's okay. Jamie still I mean, run it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Great room. I mean, I miss the old room. But, the old room is is next level. But it's still the same staff and and I and Atlanta is like my comedy home. Atlanta was you know? us for us I, southern kids. That was our New York. That was our New York. Yeah, and like I remember the Atlanta punchline was the first like a room I ever got in with. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I emceed there for years, and then I middled there for years. Did they ever represent you? What was no, his, no, no, no. But his they name? were one of the first. What, Jamie. No, it was Jamie's partner's names. Uh, he represented Billy Gardell. Oh, uh, Chris DePetto. Chris DePetto. Yeah. No, he never represented me. But they were also one of the, the one of the first clubs to headline me before I had TV credit. So um, I grew up at the Atlanta Punchline. I got offered to do coke with John Rocker there. I've done coke with John Rocker there. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, interesting dude. <laughs> Did you really tell me about that night? I think I told you that story. I don't think so. No. Wait, wait, tell me. I don't remember. I only know, I only know Stan Hope was like, Stan Hope texted me. It was like, hey, John Rocker's at your show if you want to party. And then someone came from the back and was like, hey, John Rocker wants to know if you want to do a line of Coke. And I was like, um, I, I still have to go on stage, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass, but I'll be around later. In my head, I was like, I don't know my how my heart's doing. I don't know what my blood pressure's like, but we when did, you, did I feel like I remember this story? What happened? Uh, it was a while ago. <clears throat> it was a while ago. Um, you know, decent guy. I mean, you know, <laughs> did you talk baseball with him? Of course. Yeah, of course. Did I love talk, baseball. Did you talk travel with him? <laughs> no. No, no. He didn't talk to know anything about Genghis Khan. No, no, no. <clears throat> no, but what else? I was going to tell you something. You did a podcast with one of the most fucking <coughs> fascinating, ungettable guys on a podcast. Uh, something, what was it, hardcore? Uh, what was the guy from? Kim.com. Kim.com. <clears throat> yeah. 
He's in, New, he was in New Zealand. Whatever uh, happened? Tell everyone about. I think the, he's under. I'm, he's still in New Zealand, but um, he got into a bunch of trouble for the um, uh, megaupload.com. People were trading free movies and stuff. But he's he, the guy had millions, and uh, he's like half Finnish, half German, like seven foot four. Uh, really interesting guy. He looks like a Bond villain, but yeah. he loves comedy. And I was in New Zealand doing the New Zealand Comedy Festival. And I was like on the NPR of New Zealand. And they said, what's the one thing you want to do while you're in New Zealand? And I said, I know it sounds silly, but I'd love to interview Kim.com for my podcast. And somebody who works for him was listening. And then the next thing you know, I was at his mansion. And then <clears throat> this was six months after the FBI and the New Zealand Army had raided his house. So he really had a lot to say about um, what he thought um, he was being persecuted by the American government. I listen to that. Is that is that still up on your podcast? Yeah, yeah, of course. Your podcast is 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 under the radar, in my opinion. It's I think so too. I don't have enough listeners. I don't have any commercials, and I don't have any sponsorship. And some of my favorite episodes, like I was just in England again, <clears throat> and I got to do. I think it was my fourth episode with John Cooper Clark. Who's John Cooper? John Clark? Cooper Clark is an English punk rock poet. <clears throat> Excuse me. He started out opening for the Clash and the Sex Pistols, doing poetry, getting spit on, and uh, he had a heroin problem for years. Now he's clean. He's like sixty-eight, sixty-nine now, uh, but a really beautiful, great friend of mine. Yeah. And <clears throat> he did his very first North American tour a few years ago, and he asked me to open for him. Uh, he's like a cult hero in England, really? and uh, in the English. School books, his poetry is taught as an example of modern poetry. <clears throat> and the band, the Arctic Monkeys, um, uh, made one of his poems into a song. Uh, it's called I Want to Be Yours. And then on the climactic scene of the climactic episode at the end of uh, the season five of The Sopranos, they used one of his recordings. Really? And I think that kind of launched his his um, his renaissance. But really cool dude. So nice. like, so I, I, I think I've had a lot of great people on my podcast and like I'm doing a lot of educational ones, things that I'm into, Voltaire and the French Revolution. And You're one of the guys that if I say, you're, to say you're <clears throat> a comic undersells what you are in my opinion, because you're one of the guys, it's like Rogan. When you say Rogan's a comic, it, it is. That is his stamp. That is, he'll, it's, that is, a, that is a, a badge you've earned that, you, that no one can take away from you. But yeah, but Rogan's a renaissance man. And Hardcore. He's, he's always spent his life you know, trying to expand his brain and his knowledge and his understanding of, of you know, complex issues and scientific um, you know, uh, things that are happening. I mean, yeah. I, I love anybody who's like that. Same with you, Stanhope, Rogan, your class, your group of guys that all kind of started at the same time all have this more of a globally global view of, you're, you guys are more than comics. Like Stanhope's a comic, yeah, but I would argue right now, author probably just as much. As, I mean, his books are fucking amazing. And and it's his sense of humor, but his sense of humor is just so much more than a chuckle hut, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. And you're the same way. Your podcast is one of the, it's always been a staple of mine. One of my favorite things to go to when you're on a plane, you're like, oh shit, I'll scroll through. What do we got? What do we got? Oh shit, Joe, uh, uh, Joe DeRosa. Oh shit. Like, and so I, I hope people find it, 
through here and hopefully Escobar will give you a sponsorship and then and and then I'll be the guy that can bring over a box of cigars and be like, "Hey, we got you a sponsor." <laughs> That'd be great. I don't think they pay much, but they they it's a lot of money in cigars. <laughs> wow, I like cigars. These are delicious. These so. are fantastic. It's been a perfect podcast, man. We're yeah, down no. to the nub. The last time I was here, I smoked two. This one has lasted the whole time. This is a great, and I've been puffing on this. This is a boy. great podcast cigar. Yeah, because it's it's like not it's not big enough where I feel like my day's ruined. For where I'm like, all right, now I'm gonna have a beer. I'm gonna take a nap. I feel like, oh, I can still go on a hike. Like I can go on a hike with the girls at five. My daughter broke her cell phone today. Oh, first day of school. Oh no. Yeah, it's an omen. It's like no, it's not an omen. You just let you're clumsy. But uh, but dude, this well, it's cool. Like Instagram, I can know what's happening in your life with your family. And yeah, almost too much. <clears throat> yesterday, I, your dog couldn't lift his leg. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the great thing about Instagram is. Like, yeah. I know what's happening with you. I do that. To, I'll do that to people. Be like, uh, say something and go, "Hey, man, tell me about da 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 da." And they're like, "Wait, how do you know that?" And I'm like, "Oh, like I ch I said something about Sebastian not being able to make a burger," and he was like, "Huh? How did you?" And I was like, oh, "A couple of weeks ago, you had a burger challenge," and he was like, "Oh, I forgot about that." You're like, oh, I, I didn't. I've been thinking about it for a week, wanting to make a burger that compete with yours. But yeah, I love Instagram. I love Instagram. And I think your, your no, no, knowledge nuggets that you're doing on Instagram were fucking great. They were awesome. I think you should, man, can I tell you what Tom Rhodes needs? Tell me what Tom Rhodes needs. Tom Rhodes <clears throat> needs one kid who knows, has no talent, but knows everything about the internet. Yeah. You, know, need, you, need, need, you need Halston. <clears throat> I do. I do. You need one kid that can come in and because I my wife did everything for me. Yeah. <clears throat> she was that person for me. And then now um, you know, we broke up. She left New Year's Eve. So <clears throat> this year I've been doing it all on my own. I mean, she's still helping me post them up and stuff. You but. need a kid to travel with <clears throat> you and shoot. You need a kid to like it's cause I I it's I mean I think Joe Rogan would be anywhere with who anyone who worked with, but you you can't discredit the fact that he's got really great guys in his corner like Jamie and Redman, Redman yep. to start with Jamie now, who are really it 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 makes Joe's path less less upstream for him. He gets to go, you know what we should do, and says it out loud, and there are guys who go, I got that done for you. You know what we should do? We should get a tricaster done. Yeah, let's do it. And then all of a sudden, Joe's podcast is. Fucking awesome. When was the last time you did Joe's podcast? I haven't been on since episode 500. I'd, I'd love to do it again. Yeah, I, I love Joe. I haven't been on in a long time. Yeah, I think I think he's got, he is so backlogged. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, I I remember saying something to him about when, when my special was coming out. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm doing two that day. I'll see if I can cram you in. And you're like, he's doing two podcasts a day. It's amazing. He's fucking, dude, I'm telling you, your podcast is of the same ilk. It's been up. It's it's been groundbreaking, and you're taking chances. You're doing what Duncan does. Have you had Duncan on your podcast? Yeah, <clears throat> don't you? You're in the same path as Duncan, is where you're growing with your podcast, and you're allowing the fan, your fans to grow with it. You just need more fans. That's all. I need more fans. Well, everyone, go check out Tom Rhodes Radio mm -hmm. Smart Camp. Um, find him on tour. Where are you going? Uh, <clears throat> I'm everywhere. <clears throat> I'm doing. Um, uh, yeah, TomRhodes.net. Um, you can find it. I'm going to. I'm going to do the Portland Harvey's October 5th. I've got the Seattle Comedy Underground. I've got the Atlanta Punchline, Acme, Minneapolis. And, um, and go to. I, I got it on iTunes. I got it on iTunes. 
Apple Apple Music. And I'm at the Orlando Improv the every um the weekend before Christmas every year. Oh, for real? That's my um hometown jaunt. Fuck it. Well, know? this will definitely be out before the majority of those dates. And go and I'm I can't wait to hear the goldfish story. The, one of my favorite stories that's ever been told on this podcast <clears throat> is Tom Rose scuba diving story. Almost that dying is, in Thailand. Almost dying. That's got to be Thailand two or Thailand one. I just titled that one "Almost Drowning in Thailand." So and it is on uh, Tom Rhodes around the world. I got on Apple Music. It's fifteen ninety nine. Well worth the purchase for a three hour comedy special. Check out his podcast, brother. I love you, man. I love you too. Brett. I could do this anytime. <clears throat> Always keep hitting me. Well, up. and and please come over next week. I would we'll... love to do your fucking podcast. Love it would be an you. honor, man. Good. My favorite. My favorite podcast in the world ever, ever, <laughs> ever is you and Doug Stanhope drunk singing Ricky Lee Jones. We belong together. You belong, man. Dude, cheers, man. Thank you. I love you, Bert. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.